My face currently feels like I've been run through by Tom Stewart. Puts it to the top of the square. Oh, beautiful little fist in there by Dale. Crucial centimetre moments. He definitely has a bit of the, uh, the Belcho spirit. <laughs> um, as I, I have a bit of the Belcho spirit. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the podcast that, thanks to Essendon winning last week, is now the unfortunate owner of the worst losing streak in football. We are preparing for the news of our coach's retirement to leak a day early, where one of us is on the air chatting about how the coach is all in in 2023. My name is Jack, and with me as always is underrated journeyman, the kind of player coaches love. Not in your best 10, but always in your first 10 picked, and some other cliche for a good but not great footballer. I like like to describe the way I play as... If Jack Madgen was worse. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is the back pocket. <laughs> Welcome back. It's been a crazy few days of football news. Uh, everyone's quitting. Um, I'm quitting. You're quitting? Yeah. I'm quiet quitting. Uh, I've been quite quitting for years and yeah. years. You've quite quit every time you've had. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, we'll jump right into the votes as we do. Who was your one this week? Uh... I don't think he's ever gotten a mention on this podcast before. I don't think okay. we've talked about him once. All maybe right. once. Uh, Robbie Fox. All right, is that's my, my two. one. Okay, right, that cool. works. I really liked his game. Yeah. Um, uh, 14 intercept possessions and 12 pressure acts gets it you was, a void. It was that, avoid, wasn't it? Like, void. incredible. Eight of those defensive half. Only had two one on ones, one on both. I can't believe you didn't mention the interchange thing in your intro i thought that was oh, prime real estate it, for it. it yeah well yeah we don't make any interchanges do we no no so we're, we're fine <laughs> we're gonna be into the game 75 75 we're all good um, i cannot believe that happened um my note on the robbie fox was the defender's defender um, yeah really good um it's a shame that he is as old as he is because he's i a, really enjoy watching he him started play. playing his best football in the last few years yeah i think he's being utilized properly yeah um yeah, he was really good. They survived a serious scare, and they shouldn't have even. They shouldn't no, have spiked it. They probably could have, um, should have lost that. Had Sheasel kicked that last goal, which was he was kicking harder once that earlier in the game, and had that interchange not been made, uh, Sydney would be in real trouble right now. But, yeah. Uh, luckily for them, they got it done, and I mean, sometimes you have Escape to Escape some scrutiny. But, uh, my one was to Nick Floston, um, okay. who I thought was really, really good, especially when the game was on the line in the second Nick half. Floston's always good. I uh, think we need to... Yeah, yeah, that. 22 disposals and 80 intercepts, 11 marks, five of those are intercepts and two contested, four spoils, eight pressure acts. His stats were okay to good, but I just think he kept Richmond in that game. Uh, I thought his defensive efforts and pressure were excellent when Essendon were really storming at them. Mm. Um, Essendon deserved to win that game. They were the better team. Um, I agree. But Vlostin was a big part of why Essendon had so much trouble in winning that game. In hindsight, it feels kind of sad that Richmond didn't win, doesn't it? We, I know at the time you were celebrating it, but it kind of feels sad going, now, right? It's like, oh, that's rough. I feel like he deserved to go out on the win, not the with one the point loss. With the biggest winning streak in, in modern history. Yeah. But, I mean, as, as we were saying earlier today, you lose to Essendon and you go, maybe that's it. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's where yeah, I he go. Just, he just quit before he was sacked, right? Yeah, like there's been there's – been, the reason Geelong and Essendon are the top two is that Geelong do the embarrassing, like, Leon Cameron last year, 100-point defeat, and he went, I'll call that. Whereas Essendon, you just lose to Essendon and you go, maybe the team – is going downhill. We're really bad at giving votes and talking about the defender, aren't we? We are. Uh, Vlostone was great. You said we don't need to talk about him. So. <laughs> I said it doesn't need to be argued that's that he's true. good. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> Who was your two this week? My two is to James Sicily. 
Yep, he was a special mention for uh, me, so that's fair. I, I was tempted to give him special mention status just because of who they were playing, but Hawthorne is 17th. Yeah, an awesome game, though. Hawthorne is 17th. Yeah, they, they, you don't get the discount when you're playing true, West Coast yeah, for them. It's the, we thought it was going to be the Hawthorne discount this year. It's yeah, really the West Coast it's discount. the West Coast discount. He had 30 disposals, 11 marks, 11 intercepts, 83% disposal efficiency, 14 pressure acts as a key, and 8 one percenters. He was probably best on round. Um, uh, probably. I had... The other special mention I gave from that game was Weddle, who, mm. playing as a defender who was everywhere. He kicked two goals, I think, in the first half. I think Mitchell, as a, as Mitchell a should backman. probably also get um, some... Yeah, they've got some serious talent going on there. Uh, a bit more than West Coast, I'll say. That's fair enough. Do you want to jump straight to your three? Because I gave my two to Robbie Fox. Okay, my three is to Charlie Ballard. Charlie Ballard. Only a special mention for me this week, but he was very good again. Um, well, I know they didn't win, but uh, you deserve to be mentioned or at least get votes mm. when the general public and commentators have started to talk about how good you are. Absolutely. Especially and not as in a, a, like a, sh- a as a 23-year-old defender playing for the Gold Coast. Yes. If you're getting talked about on the regular, you're doing a lot right. Like, you don't. he doesn't have to be flashy. He's just doing his job and doing it well. Um, but 17 disposals, 13 intercepts, 9 pressure acts, 5 one percenters, reasonable disposal efficiency at 76 Nine marks. He did everything he needed to and for the Gold Coast. and Australian is getting tighter now. Um, There's a lot Moore of keys. there. Moore is there. Moore's won. Uh, but Wilkie's dropping off Wil- a little Wilkie's, bit. Yeah, Wilkie's getting filled in by Ballard and a few other players in that area. So it's going to be interesting to see. My three votes this week was to Bailey Dale, um, mm. who mm. had a whopping amount of footy and pretty much all of it in the defensive half. Uh, I think I counted seven of his 36 touches were in the forward half. Only one was inside 50. He had... Six rebound 50s and 36 disposals at 89%. Uh, he had eight intercept touches, nine score involvements, and 535 metres gained. Which, I mean, he's played those kinds of games before, but the game that it was to smash Adelaide the way they did, mm-hmm. um, I thought I'd picked Adelaide. <laughs> I was talking to you about it at the time, and I, I checked my tip and went, oh, never mind, I've got that right, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it was obviously an accident, but um, um, I had a yeah, slew, against a really good opponent. I had yeah. a slew of Bulldogs in my special mentions, but you know how I feel about Bailey Dale. I think he's really good, and I have thought that for quite some time when everyone else seemed to think he was terrible. Yeah, we, um, we were arguing with Bulldogs fans about it a few years ago. Uh, he spoils in the intro of the show. We love Bailey Dale. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So I'll just mention my special mention right now to Liam Jones. Had a very low possession also game, but he has been in incredible form. Ridiculous. He, he's part of the reason the Bulldogs are going so well. Um they are currently one of the best backlines in the comp. Yeah, which is so weird, well. right? And they're still beveling it. Like, he's still ripping players in and out of it, and it's performing week in, week out. So take out their round one huge loss to Melbourne, and they've been in really good form. Mm-hmm. I think you can put that down as a Melbourne does have it over them currently and yeah. have, have since the flag. Of a but, mind thing. Um, outside of that, Bulldogs are travelling much better than I thought they would be. Mm. And, yeah, I think they're going to smash along in a couple of weeks going into the bye with no midfielders. It's scary going up against them. Um they can play burst football. They can lock it down. I, I think they're very good at the uh, moment, um, which if you'd asked me four or five weeks ago, I, I probably wouldn't have said it. Totally agree. And Bailey Smith seems to be back in the form that he was not too long ago. Um, so I'm, I think that they're rounded about. So that's that. Your four now? My Yeah, your four. My four? Uh, Jordan Ridley. Jordan Ridley's also my four. Yep, easy. Done. You talk about him. Um <laughs> He was really good, wasn't he? Uh, they needed someone to step up when Richmond started taking over, and it was Ridley. The Bombers snapped both their in-season losing streak of a few games against good sides, um, and almost more importantly, that 13-game streak it was against Richmond. 13. Rid- yeah, I Ridley saw all the 
brilliant, um, and not for the first time this year. We said a couple of weeks ago when Hawkins was just kicking goals at will why they weren't moving him on to. And then as soon as he did, Hawkins was slowed down. Um, he plays so well against clever opponents, I think. He had 32 touches, 6 rebound 50s, 14 marks, 11 intercept possessions, yep. and two score involvements, both of which were score launches. Um, and then just dropping in four spoils, eight pressure acts, and one is only one-on-one he had for the game. He's playing brilliant football, which is good because I feel like last year he had a little bit of a drop-off, whereas this year he seems to be back to you know the, the best that we expect from someone like Jordan Ridley. That's the best I've seen Jordan Ridley play in a couple of years, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'm probably discounting some games here and there, but that's the best I've seen him. And it was his first game back from injury, right? It was more the importance of it, I think, mm. rather than just how good he was. Um, like the, They needed someone to rise up to the occasion, and they've got a lot of injuries at the moment. I think that teams like Geelong West Coast are getting talked about in terms of injuries. Essendon's kind of not yeah. being mentioned in that sentence. They a lot of their midfields missing. missing. Um, um, and they keep, every time they get one back, someone in a similar position seems to drop out. Yep. Uh, so yeah, well done Ridley for stepping up as a leader of that team. He really is becoming a leader of that team too. I think he was he was good from pretty much the the outset yeah. as well, which is important. Um, I think it's pretty easy to say who our five is. Uh, yeah, so let's just move on. Let's just not mention him, right? <laughs> I a great injustice was committed when he had that mark taken off him. Um, it wasn't a mark though. It's the, not a mark, but I feel like he deserved the record on that game, right? He it's one of the best games I've seen a key defender play flat out ever. Who? A key defender? No, but who is it? Who are we Darcy, voting for? Darcy Moore. <laughs> oh, Nathan Murphy? Nathan Murphy. Um, 10 intercept marks, 6 contested, 25 touches at 88, 17 total intercepts for the game, which is just ridiculous. He had 8 rebounds and 9 spoils as well. 7 pressure acts, 10 4 tackles. Uh, he was everything in yeah. that game. Like There was no way Carlton could go inside 50. I think I put the contested marks in there as well because it wasn't just like they were kicking it to him. Mm-hmm. He was crashing packs yeah. and coming down with the ball. Um, it's it was. I looked at the stats later and I was like, Kerno kicked three, Mackay kicked two. Pfft, didn't matter. No. Had nothing to do with... If they weren't hitting them on the lead, yeah. more was marked. Had nothing to do with more. Um, it was... It was really it was Murphy giving away body on yeah. on Kerno, but uh, and Murphy was good again, especially late um, when Carlton looked like they were trying to press. But uh, Moore is probably the best defender and best captain in the comp right now. I would agree on both of those. Uh, so it's worrying. Um, he takes the lead with today's votes. Um, you don't know that of the medal. Uh, I do. <laughs> it's, it's in a sealed envelope with armor guard. Oh, sorry, it's definitely not on the website. You can't check it weekly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I check it because I don't write them down. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fair. Um, but yeah, well done, Darcy Moore. Um, my special mentions this week were to Zerk Thatcher, who I thought was also really I good I also for them. had BZT as a Stephen special mention. Stephen May I put down because he had an insane amount of rebound <coughs> 50s, but he also took 10 kickouts and six of them led to – so rebound 50s. It was up, so he didn't get in from that. Uh, Luke Ryan was in there because I thought he did do a pretty good job on Jeremy Cameron, even though he still had four shots on goal. And Callum Wilkie, uh, if he's not getting votes, he's getting a special mention. He was good. Yeah, Wilkie's been good without being great the last couple of weeks. Uh, my special mentions are to Miles Bergman. Yes, yep. um, we, we talked about his game. Obviously, Melvin Smalls were off. He was on. Uh, he had, had low, low disposals. Great game on Cosy Pick. I think eight of his nine touches were intercepts. Yep, that's exactly the truth. Uh, I have uh, Radaglia down as a special mention. He was all Tried right. Tried so hard. Um, I have both Pierce and Ryan down. Even though Hawkins had a few goals, I thought Pierce was still good. Yep. And I got Wilkie as well. So there you Pierce, go. Pierce did the... a few really good things when Geelong looked like they were trying to hit the lead. So I'd agree with that as well. 
obviously, the big news of the week is Dimmer. Um, is it? Is it? Yeah, I think so. Nah, maybe. Yeah, three-time premiership coach retiring mid-season. That's a pretty big... It's quitting. It's quitting. He quit. He quit. He gave up. He's, yeah, <laughs> gave up. No. Um, he did wonders for that football club. Um, they were a joke before he took them to where they are now. Oh, I think even at the start of his Absolutely. Tenure, they were... He almost got sacked um, that first year they dropped mm-hmm. back out of finals. Uh, I don't blame him for getting out once it became too much. He doesn't know Richmond anything... Um, no. at all uh, I also don't like as much as I dislike Tom Morris I don't think he can be blamed for sharing that news either that's AFL media if you've got that story in modern football you have to share it like the, the environment is the issue mm. not Tom Morris like the problem is the person who ratted him out like whoever at the club which was a small number of people who knew about it um, like that's the problem uh, the funniest result is that it was Dilla like, the funniest result is that He's leaked it to the media first and then oh, told the players the next day. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. Absolutely um. not. Um, a thought for back pocket favourite Nathan Broad, who was on on the couch being interviewed when they cut to a news break. Was he? Oh, yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that footage. Oh, so he's on the he's on, on the couch yeah. doing the normal thing, you know, being Broad, you give him pretty straight answers yeah. to questions. Um, who, uh, Dixon was even saying to him, like, and like, is the group, and more importantly, is Dimmer, like, all in still this year? And Broad is like, yeah, look, obviously, and he's like, obviously, Dimmer's been great to me and the boys, yada, yada. And then they're like, am I going to go to an ad break? Uh, and we've got some news from John Ralph or whoever it is. And the news was, breaking news, Damien Hardwick stepping down as Richmond coach. They didn't ask Broadie about it, obviously, because that would be... Cruel. Weird and cruel. But, yeah, while he was on the show was when the news broke. Wild. Yeah. I, part of me kind of wishes they did ask him, but obviously it's probably for the best they didn't. Yeah, but what a what a crazy time that would have been. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's bizarre. Very, very, very strange stuff. Oh, imagine going on the couch. <laughs> yeah, that's even stranger. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't make fun. Bucks has actually been all right this year, and yeah. I don't like and saying Dick, that. Dick Dixon's a bit of fun sometimes. Yeah. Um, what a turnaround, though, Richmond have had this year. Like, I feel like they... Um, obviously lost a um, qualifying final or elimination final to a team that ended up in a prelim by in the most dramatic of fashions. They bought in Taranto and Hopper hmm. and lost very little from their last year's team, had a fit Dusty for round one, were running into it as you know third or fourth, I think fifth favourites for the flag coming into the season. Lynch goes down early in the year. We know how important Lynch Start is the season, be. one win, one draw and five losses. And then Banker win against Geelong, uh, obviously get the win against West Coast, and then all of a sudden, longest ever winning, longest active winning streak in footy's over, Dimmer resigns, and they're half a game out of the bottom four. It is it is strange and tumultuous, but I feel like it might actually be best. It, it's a good... It's better than a coach hanging around for too long um, in the way that someone like a Sheedy uh, or even a Worsfold did. Um, I think it's best to get out when the team's still okay. Not You, know, you don't want to yeah. be... Go from coach of great team to hanging around coach of struggling team. Lou Matthews is another one. He was still there when Brisbane got really bad. Whoever um, takes over there has a good core. There's a good defensive core there. Yeah. Obviously, Vlosten, we talked about. And great leadership. Bolter. Um, I mean, Grimes probably doesn't have too many years left, but he'll still be there Broad, for Broad's a while. only 30 this year. Broad as well. Um, and that's not even mentioning players like Short and Baker. Um, I feel like there's still a really good core there, not even getting into the midfield or, or forward mix. They have some talented kids there as um, well. Um, maybe maybe it was, was not just a dimmer's burnt out. Maybe it is the right thing for them um, because 
not that the season was over for them. I had them finishing around 10th, 11th, mm. uh, you lower. Um, but I don't know. They've got Taranto and Hopper for, what, six and seven years, is it? Yeah. They've got enough time to turn things With around, even if they have a year or two low. And then a few other players like your Ralph Smiths and that coming through. That midfield's going to be fine. Bolton, obviously, is another you've one. Your, you've got your Sonsies and your, um, what's his name up forward, who we really like and no one else does? Cumberland. Cumbo, yeah. Yeah. Um, got, Samson Ryan looks genuinely yep. good. They've, they've got a genuine call coming is 27, through. is yeah, he? Younger than we thought he was when yeah. we looked up a few they're, weeks they're, ago. They're so. fine. I don't think it's panic stations. I think that no. they're just going to have to do more of a rebuild than I think they were anticipating. They just have they would... to be smart and not fall into the caretaker coach yeah. trap. Don't 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 install your caretaker. coach. I think coach. their plan was to do the Sydney Geelong style reboot while you're still firing, mm. um, and they've realised at this point of the year, which is why Dima stepped aside, that that's not possible, um, and it's probably a good time to to get a new face in. So I, I do hope they. Yeah, I agree. I do hope they don't keep the caretaker coach in charge. Bleh, none of those words came out properly. Caretaker coach in charge. in charge because that's it's never really been successful. So we'll see it'll, where we go from here. It'll be interesting, like, because obviously there's some. Um, I, I'm kind of upset it wasn't Teague. I thought it would have been really funny if here we were halfway through this year and Teague and Ratton were in coach of football clubs. But yeah, that would be strange. It's not. Um, and it's probably good to have a new face in there anyway. Uh, where's Bolton at the moment? I think he's still at Hawthorne. Unless Mitchell kicked him out. No, he's at Collingwood. He's at Collingwood. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's not coaching anytime soon. <laughs> no. no. Um, um, but no, I, I'm interested to see where they go with their coach because, you know, some of the standout targets, uh, Carousella coached under Hardwick and you wonder if that might be too similar. Yeah. Um, although he has been pretty successful wherever he's been um, coaching midfield. Uh, Adam Uze was touted Yeah, he was very bit. close to getting Jitter Boyce's job um, last year. I think he was the, the coach off. And obviously, who knows if Bucks will stay in the media. I feel yeah, like he'll go back to coaching. I think he wants coaching. to coach again. Um, obviously, he had a reason for record while he was coaching. Made a grand final with a very unlikely team. I don't think Richmond is the right fit for him. No, I feel I like agree. Bucks, unfortunately, might be... I think Richmond need a... Gold Coast bound an a couple exciting, of years. <laughs> like an exciting, different coach. I think they need someone who brings an energy and a new game style. Um, and McRae is an obvious think, great example I of that. I think that's Collingwood. the blueprint right um, now. And it doesn't have to be the style of football. It just has to be someone who is passionate about football, wants the team to buy into a wild different game plan. Um, there's so much, you know, different sports influence on McRae's game plan in, in the outside runners and that there's always two people running together and that kind of stuff. It's all new for football. And that's what mm. makes Collingwood so exciting to watch and pains I think most football fans to say how enjoyable it is to watch Collingwood play football and how much their players are contagiously likeable. It's frustrating. Because um, McRae seems like the nicest bloke and all those kids coming through, you look at your McCreary's and your Nobles, they're just so much fun to watch play football. So, I do I do still feel like it comes down to winning though because if you said last oh, year sure. that Matthew Nix was an exciting and lovable coach, I would have told you you're an idiot. But yeah. this year, look thought, at him. I thought it was exciting and lovable when Hinkley was jumping up and down on the boundary after that Melbourne win on the weekend yeah, actually. I, the that's the most I've seen coaches, him move. So... Like ever, it's it, winning does things to clubs. Um, um, and Port are looking good. I that Butters game was one of the most ridiculous games of football in wet weather I've ever seen a footballer play. Mm. He was playing dry football in the wet. He's turning and hitting targets. Everyone else was playing what you should be in the wet. Just get it forward, kick it mm. on the ground, and he's picking forty meter away targets on a right angle and hitting them. It, um, with that core in their Port have a serious future. Mm. Um, and it, it's, it is a big decision for them. I, 
I've said it's laughable that they're, there's still discussion about getting rid of Hinkley. And I do think it is when they've got a seven-game winning streak under him. But they've had a lot of Hinkley time. Um, he is now, I think, he and... He might be one year less than Scott and Long, Longmire. But he's been there as long as anyone in the AFL right now. And Collingwood have had a lot of almost. So Port have had a lot of almost. Yeah. They haven't even made a grand final with that with Hinkley I think, there. I think Hinkley and Brad Scott are the two longest-serving coaches consecutive game like games Chris, total Chris Scott, who, no 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 oh, Brad Scott, Scott. Oh, who he, haven't made yeah, a grand final right of course yeah um, so it's, it's going to be tough to justify it this year if they don't get I there would again. honestly put it off till the end of the season yeah I agree I think that's that's totally fair and they have to see where they end up because they're top four bound currently they've beaten some really good teams yep. which means they've got a few, I have them finishing second I think a few easier teams to play which is good for them so and that said, Collingwood haven't played Hawthorne, mm. West Coast, or North yet. Watch them drop one. Which is terrifying. Um, but yeah, if Hinkley makes the grand final, he, he stays next year. But if he doesn't, um, it's a very exciting core for another coach to take over. It at is, but at the line. same time, we know how Hinkley is connected with the very players loved, there. Very yeah, loved at the club. Uh, yeah. Well liked. So Even other knows? coaches have talked about um, how much they respect him as a coach and a people manager. Like He was for a long time... Um, the coaches used to vote him the coach they'd least like to coach against. So you do sometimes you see with teams, North was a great example, how much a club is only good because of who's in charge. Like Port might be one of those teams where a lot of their players who are good to okay are just okay. And it's, yeah. a, it's a Hinkley in charge thing that makes them good. Look at McRae with the players at Collingwood. There's players at that club who look great. Every player at that team looks good. Players who looked Ordinary shot un- under, under Buckley. Buckley the year before. Um, and I think you saw it. In Melbourne's premiership year, there's so many players that from that year now look ordinary as well. Um, and the same was true last year for Geelong. There were so many players who pre- prior to last year for Geelong were mentioned as like trade targets or list loggers who played vital parts in that premiership. And I think it's just that buy-in attitude. And Hinkley might have that from players that we're not recognising it mm. for yet. So, Well, I doubt, I doubt Miles Bergman plays like that. Without yeah, without a coach like Hinkley. Like, hey, I could be underselling him. There I is could passion be. in there from those players. Like The, the, the way... Butters was crashing. He's a small boy. That's just Butters, though. I don't think that's a Hinkley thing. I, I mean, think he's and, and players follow that. I think it's a combination of having people like Butters around you, Boke as well, and then a coach like Hinkley that the players like your Bergmans and um, even McEntee just <laughs> throws himself everywhere. I think those players follow that. And at other clubs, they might not play that same way. Horn Francis, for someone who was constantly called soft at North last year, um, is a battering ram. I think, I don't know. I wonder if, because Port have been surviving a few injuries up forward. Yeah. I wonder if Jeremy Finlayson playing out of his skin is the reason why they're doing well playing at the moment. So well. yeah. Ruck and forward. He, he has, since about halfway through last year, when Port had form turned around, actually, yeah. he's been playing the best football of his career. Um, yeah. And... That's, you know, they he was forced to go play down back for a bit at GWS because he was playing so poorly up forward. And Port have just... Well, to be fair, his issue at GWS was that he was inaccurate. And yes, that has stayed. It has. What did he keep one five a couple of weeks ago or something? Yeah. Three, three five? Who uh, decimated? Yeah. Something, something along but those lines. It is still a problem for him. Um, even on the weekend, they had chances to put Melbourne away and he was putting them all over the place. But his form is brilliant. And they do have, like we say, Marshall and Georgiades, which is, you know, most teams would take two young forwards like that. Georgie Arnes did his ACL, didn't he? Oh, I know, but I mean into the future. Yeah. Like, they've got that to move forward with as well as a really young midfield group. They're actually quite a young side compared to other top eight teams. I agree. 
So they've got that going for them. Um, it's it is an interesting one. It's weird to see. Obviously, Cameron's playing his career best footy mm. with Geelong. I think uh, Himmelberg has been playing his career best footy as well, and so is Finlayson, and none well, of them play now, to, together yeah, anymore. That's true, and they were um, all there that, yeah. in that flag year. Yeah, um, uh, and that was probably year. their previous. So yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> that was for their previous best years each yeah. that year. Yeah, um, and they all dropped off the year after. Um, so yeah, no, it is interesting, an interesting one to see. I wonder what that would be like if they were all still together. It would be interesting, right? It's surely less impactful, you'd think. If they were in the form they were in together, GWS wouldn't be as no, low they wouldn't as they be are. Well there. You're right. They would be, probably be in the top eight. hundred regularly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I still think Himmelberg's a better Even backman. Even with Himmelberg swinging back yeah. and forward. I still think he's a better backman. Oh, that's something that they weren't doing with him as much I, back then. That's a new coach though, isn't it? No. No, because it was before that, wasn't it? He took over and said he was going to... Yeah, you're right. That's interesting. Speaking of backman, Jack Henry playing forward. I hated is, watching it. They, it's a thing you do when you don't have one of Hawkins or Cameron, right? I'll say Hawkins. this. He did, yeah, somehow he's a better forward than his brother. <laughs> <laughs> Kick the same amount of goals his brother's been kicking. Um, I, it felt like a weird one. I, like I said, when, when both Hawkins and Cameron are fit, and I feel like it's just that Geelong feel like they need to have a three-pronged attack. So when Rowan and his brother Why are both though? out, I don't know. Is it because Jeremy Cameron gets up the ground they want another target? I don't You I don't, don't need? But he didn't get up the ground much, did he? He played the deepest forward he's played all year. I don't know. But anyway, my point was, Jack Henry's one of the best backmen going around, especially as an interceptor. I don't think you should be playing forward when you're struggling. The back need, the back line at Geelong needs all the help it can get. They're conceding consistent 100-point totals, which they haven't done for ye- like years. It's it's And it's it's due to personnel, let's course, be real. Yeah. But it, it is a little grim at the moment. I still think Geelong are very capable of making the finals. You seem to be... Uh, I think you, I, I think they will very much struggle with the cattle they're not getting back until after the buy, knowing that they've got the Bulldogs the week before the buy, and then in the six weeks after they've got uh, Melbourne, Brisbane in Brisbane, there uh, is, there Port is a bit in of a... Adelaide, and it's another someone I can't remember who it is. There's someone else in there that are, that are all top, you know, fighting for those top sides. So I think that they will really. Struggle. They have to go through that patch, winning four at least, maybe five out of those six games. It's a two-game buffer between the Bulldogs and Geelong now. Yes. So the yes. top six are oh, yeah, edging away. Yeah. I still think St Kilda dropped down. I agree. Um, which is where it becomes vulnerable for someone to take their top. In. They, they struggled against GWS this week, who are yeah. we've seen a very average side. It, the question is, does anyone pop in from outside the eight? And honestly, I don't think so. <laughs> It's, it's tough, isn't it? And Essendon's, it's, best, it's, it's Essendon's really just, best football has been really good. Yeah, but can um, they keep it up? Who knows? Yeah, and, and the problem is, one, we've seen they've got a lot of injuries. We've talked about that already. They just beat Richmond, who st- are struggling. The story is told just in the percentage. So obviously Adelaide and Geelong are entrenched more by yeah. percentage in the eight. Essendon and Fremantle, Carlton and Sydney are the next four down, and their percentages are 102, 101, 99 and 98. Big, big gaps to those yeah. 120s. Yeah, they... I mean, the Bulldogs is low, but different story. Theirs is low because they're not scoring much, but they're defending yeah. so well. And um, they really which is are. what you want. Um, their, their back line has been incredible this year. We've, we already mentioned it, but uh, it, it's a sight to behold. It's something we never thought we'd associate with the Bulldogs. It was always, even at their, in their best years, was their weakness. Playing Zane Cordy at what, centre-half back in a flag. Was, Who is now centre-half forward in a top six side. Yeah, it's a lot. Swings and roundabouts. Um 
But yeah, I'm good for them. Uh, I, I don't mind seeing the Bulldogs do well. I th- I've always had a soft spot for them. But I think it's more fun watching Bevo do press conferences when they're doing well because he just says some wacky stuff. He's a weird man, that Bevo. It's the same when he loses, though. Yeah, it's true. He's entertaining. Well, speaking of my theory of it's always mm. more fun when you're winning, Ross Lyon this year has oh, been great yeah, to watch true. while they're winning. That's very true. What happened after they but got he w- pumped by Adelaide? <laughs> he came out and had a... M- Bristled and, yeah. Oh, we'll take a mulligan on that one. They got they got monstered pumped. by Adelaide, um, um, who then went and got monstered by the Bulldogs. So. If Ross Lyon continues a losing trend, it will be seem like they're having less fun at St Kilda, won't it? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Melbourne go over the next five or six weeks. They've got Freo this week, which I still don't think is much of a tester for them because it's in Melbourne. But oh, big one with Luke Jackson, though. Um, that, that's very true. But it's interesting that they can't had, imagine Stephen May not having to go at him outside of the Bulldogs in round one. They haven't beaten a top nine side. I did see you talking so about that. I, Their losses have been really small, though. Oh, I do agree. But it's... it's the it, one's They have the to start one. winning those, don't they? They have to start pushing those over the line. Um, yes. Frio is, I think, 10th. So they're the next highest team yes. outside of Essendon that they'll have played. And that's this week. So yep. I'm, they need to notch a pretty comfortable one, I think, at the MCG against Frio. And then get their season rolling. They're still a very good team. Oliver Out's going to hurt them. But... Who are the next, the next couples? Frio... Then Carlton, then Collingwood. So I'd pencil them in for at least two wins there. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see. Um, who, who do you think they're losing to out of those three? Well, obviously they, Collingwood. I think they could lose to all three of them. No, f- um, no but we will way, see man. how they go. And that, that's the patch for them. And if they win two of those, then they're doing okay. But even then, they still haven't played any other teams outside of Collingwood who they lose to. That's another top eight side they've dropped a game to. So. Their draw is leaving us in a confused position with them. But this is also where we were with Collingwood last year. And then they proved everyone wrong in the back half of the year by basically beating exclusively top eight sides. It would still pull out. So let's say they win two, Yeah, lose they, one. they just have enough wins to stay they in the They pull eight. out nine, they're, they're nine and four at the bye. Which is fantastic. you take it. Yeah. So we'll see how they go. It's Gold Coast. I want to make the finals. I'd like to see them slide in. Oh, they look like they're out, don't they? Um, but they keep showing up for most of a game against good teams and not quite getting it done. Um, Brisbane was another great example. Three-quarter time, they were right in that game. And what, Brisbane kicked the last six goals in a row of that game? To just, likely. It was one goal at three-quarter time, and then it just met. It, well, it was level before that. Brisbane kicked the last goal before three-quarter time, six in a row. I don't even think Gold Coast scored. Um, which is not as bad as West Coast, two points an entire half against Hawthorne as they no. pot on 11 goals. Uh, 11 goals, 12 or something. It was like just a ridiculous it was, scoring. It was a slaughter um, and it's depressing. And, um, and Hawthorne will be the experience and confidence the kids who played really well in that game will get out of that is great for them, great for their development. Um, Especially when you had players like Seamus Mitchell yeah, and Weddle. Mitchell, Weddle, really well. Lewis. Uh, Lewis kicking six, so four of those in a row. Um, this is highest tally ever, I think. Yeah, so a lot of those players will obviously take a lot of confidence out of knowing they've got that in them at AFL level. Um, after a few games this year where they would have been soundly beaten, which does get you down as a young footballer, I think knowing that they've got that in them, this is the biggest winning margin by a bottom place team post six or something rounds since GWS beat, as a Gold Coast beat GWS in GWS's first year, which you can kind of write off because that's a brand new team. It's the biggest margin between two set teams in the AFL um, when bottom one. Mm. Uh, it's pretty embarrassing for West Coast, who are now so clearly bottom, it's going to be hard for them to get off. Don't think they can. I don't think they can. I don't see them beating Hawks or North again. Both teams have proven that they're significantly better than West Coast this year. Uh, it's a struggle. They're, they're in a deep hole. I mean, let's say post-buy they have all their players back. It, obviously, that's not going to happen. Yeah, no. Um, 
It's just and they just look shot. Even when those players are playing now, they they look kind of gone. And I, it's one of those ones where I get the defense that sacking Simpson isn't going to uninjure those players, but it's also at a point now where they need a fresh start. He's been in charge for. I think that has to come at the end of the season. Oh, I agree with that. I don't think sacking him now. I helps. don't think sacking him during the season helps at all. But I think by the end of the year, there's no point in him staying there anymore. I think that um, uh, there needs to be. I was talking to our West Coast supporting friend about this. There has to be a full review. Nes- Nesbit ten years in particular a, has to go. Uh, ten years is a long time in football. Simpson's been there ten years now. Coaches don't stay around that long often. I would love to give Simpson the benefit of the doubt because I think he is a good coach and I think I he, he seems like a nice person too. Um, but there comes a point where three years of misery for the West Coast. Three um, wins in the last 35 games. The West Coast, who am I? Fucking Dwayne Russell? For West Coast yeah. um, is is awful and their yeah. supporters are feeling it. And I really hope that someone can come in and just give them some sort of freshness because when they play at the moment... Like, there were games, like against Geelong in particular. Mm. I remember watching that and thinking, West Coast have some things going for them here. I thought Darling and Allen played really well together in that game. Losing Darling to that broken um, arm was and even, brutal for them. Even though I don't rate him too highly, Petricelli was even all right. He was good on the weekend. On the weekend. Yeah. Um, but the flashes are so few and far between. And it's usually individual brilliance, not team structure. It's usually no. a player... Playing Jayden their Hunt best, his footballer for a, best football for a quarter or a half, which shows that they've got some talent there, but it just keeps getting rotated in and out. And it's it's not good for the young talent they've got as well. Like, um, Bazo shouldn't be playing No, and the number Greg, one defender right um, now. Greg Hunt, Greg Hunt, Greg? Clark. Clark has won none of his first 15 games of AFL football or some stuff like that, and he's had 400-point losses in there. That's Which pretty is, brutal. It just doesn't develop players properly. Like you're not going to be able to become a, the best AFL player you could have become in an environment like that. Yeah, that's brutal. So Has he not won a game yet. I don't think so. Or he has, and he's no, no, he hasn't. Yeah, fifteen. Nine yeah. losses last year, seven this year. Sixteen now. Okay, it's even worse. Um, and then even Edwards, who started off with you know seven out of nine wins or something with his career, has had like eleven straight losses now. So. They're in a tough spot. I don't think there's a magic fix, but they're also they've got a hundred thousand members and a whole wealth of success over the last thirty years. So they're not in any trouble. I don't think as a football club, and they're definitely not in trouble financially. It's just uh, how do they fix it to stop Sumich writing whiplash articles every week in the newspaper? They appoint Sumich as coach. No, you can't do that either. <laughs> you can't. There's there's no. And teams have been crap for a long time before. And I think three years sucks, but teams have been shit for a lot longer than three years. Melbourne were a great example. North have been shit for more than three years now. Yeah, they're on their sixth coach, technically. Yeah. He almost he almost pulled off keeping his positive win-loss record. Almost. He almost pulled it off. He just couldn't quite... Um, I think yeah. they got this week. He's got to win this week. Otherwise, it goes back into negatives, and then he's just really I have no struggling. idea who North have this Does week. Does it really matter? I think they're going to lose. <laughs> they're playing Collingwood? Collingwood. Oh, no. <laughs> Imagine if he pulls it out. That would be very – no, it would be the opposite of Brett Ratton, really. It would be the opposite of Brett Ratton. Yeah. He'll beat Carlton, though. No, don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Can you imagine Teague <laughs> coaching Richmond and beating us? I'd cry. Oh, <laughs> Poor Teague. I think he tried I so think hard. Teague and Rutten very specifically. He was my mum. He was my mum's favourite footballer. She liked his hair. I didn't pick Teague and Rutten for a reason. 
No, I no, I know. They don't yeah. want the stigma of whatever happened with those two. Absolutely. I think it's smarter for Richmond to have a fresh face yeah. as the caretaker um, in the meantime. Um, whereas North, it was the opposite. They hunted Ratton preseason just in case Clarkson had to miss a few games for whatever reason. I they, thought he just went there because Clarkson and he were good friends during the... I think Clarkson helped convince him to come in, but yeah. he wasn't there in the off-season. He came late because okay. um, they, they wanted someone who was experienced to be able to lead the group if needed. So that was a smart cover and it's worked out. Um, what else do they have? In their coaching staff? I have no idea. But um, at least having someone who's been sacked twice before and can deal with a club in turmoil, uh, it probably isn't a bad idea. It's so hard to find assistant coaching staff these days. Jordan Russell, Lee Adams, Josh Gibson, Damien Monkhurst. Well, Lee Adams it. was their caretaker last year, wasn't he? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I did um <laughs> I did I did make a post on our Twitter the other day saying that uh, while finding out that your coach was about to resign the next day via media is bad. Um, it doesn't beat Damien Drum finding out that he was sacked as Fremantle oh, coach it's the worst by media. video to watch. It, it makes me feel so sad. He's in such a good so mood sad. when he comes in. He's being playful with the media. Oh. And they're like, you know, how does it feel to be the first coach sacked in 1990, whatever year it was, 99? And he's like, what? Oh, it's, it hurts me. If you haven't seen is it, that watch true, it. it. Oh, it's, it's so hard to watch. The poor guy. I haven't heard anything yet. He was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the first I've heard about it. Oh, Damien. Anyway, oh, brutal. that's probably a fair place to leave it. Yeah, <laughs> you can I've, find us at always. I'm cringing. Especially if you want to watch that video um, at the Back Pocket AU yeah, on Twitter. Um, before, imagine that's just you go to the website and it just pops up in your face. I'm redirecting the whole website to just that video of Damien <laughs> <laughs> Um But we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Ciao.